On this episode of Delivering Marketing Joy, I talk with Kirby Hossman from Hossman Marketing Communications about compliments, passion for creating content marketing, and how to keep storytelling fresh. This episode of Delivering Marketing Joy is brought to you by Gold Star. When you're looking for the simplest, most creative ways to buy promotional writing instruments, go to goldstarpens.com DMJ to learn more and get your free Simplicity Starter Kit. Welcome to another episode of Delivering Marketing Joy. I'm your host, Bill Petrie. Joining me today is the usual host of this program, a consistent creator of consumable content, and yes, an industry rock star, the one and only Kirby Hossman. Kirby, welcome to your worst nightmare. I'm hosting Delivering Marketing Joy this week. You are, and thanks, man. This is going to be fun. I, uh, I'm not used to having the uh, script flipped on me so much, but this will be, this will be a good time. It will, you know what? This is uh, we. It's time you've been interviewed on your own show. So I've got a few questions for you. You ready to go? I'm ready to rock. All right. So Kirby, the first question I have is: You have a consistent passion for creating content, blogs, podcasts, vlogs. Where does that passion come from, and how do you continue to cultivate it to ensure that the content remains fresh, both for you as the creator and also for the audience as the consumer? Yeah, I, I really do. I, I, I love to kind of create, uh, whether it's writing or doing videos and stuff like that. It's really rewarding to me. I find that when the day starts and I actually write something, I end up in a better mood the rest of the day. It's like I've pushed out something good. Um, and, and I love the feedback, to be honest with you. Um, when I put out a piece of video and, and I get response to it, it that kind of feeds the next piece of content. So, you know, I think that's the people pleaser part of you. And then how do you keep it fresh? You know, I think that the number one thing is trying to keep the audience in mind as opposed to yourself. And um, which is honestly, that's a challenge, I think, sometimes because you want to create content that's interesting to you. But if you keep the idea of the audience in mind, that's number one. And number two, I really try to watch other creators, uh, whether it's through blogs. I, I spend a lot of time watching other YouTube creators to see how they edit, what how they kind of storytell. Um, and that inspires me to do something different each time. And so those are kind of the, the, the ways I try to keep it fresh. <laughs> sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. Well, and I think you hit on something. It's it's very, it's critical to really keep your audience in mind. What do they want? And it's striking that balance, which is a fine line of what you want to do as a content creator and what you really feel that you want to say and push out there, but making sure it's also going to be put out in such a way that it's going to be consumed and, and hopefully engaged by your target audience. Yeah, and I, I think it's important to keep that target audience in mind, but also being humble enough to understand that I don't always know what the, what they're gonna love. Uh, you and I have talked about this on on different you know on podcasts and stuff like that. I mean, there are so many times where I think something's gonna be the most amazing thing ever, and nobody seems to care. And then I put out a blog. Um, well, it was just the other day about um, being a work in progress, and everybody mm -hmm. se that seemed to resonate with everybody. And so I I think that that humility of going, okay, I have this idea, and it may not be perfect, but I'm gonna push it out anyway. That helps me evolve. Yeah, you never know. We, we do talk about that, and it's always it's somewhat disheartening when you write something. You're like, wow, this is awesome. It's met with a collective yawn. Yeah. Um, but then you put out something that's met you know, with a lot more uh, acceptance, for lack of a better term. Okay, so you actually touched on my second question. So as marketers, we all, all of us stress the importance of storytelling. Mm. 
But it's really a challenge of being a human being because we continually seek what's comfortable and what's known, which yeah. in storytelling, we start to rely on the formula. We start yeah. to rely on our formula. How do you change the way you tell stories, Kirby, so that they continually resonate with your audience, whether it's from your distributorship perspective or even from the content perspective? Yeah, I think sometimes, though, my, my pushback on that is I think sometimes we worry about being repetitive when in the mind of our audience, we're not. Um, you know, I think so many times we're thinking that, oh, I've said this a million times, but that story is often fresh to a fresh set of ears. Uh, you know, I, I, it's funny, you and I have discussed this, where like, oh, maybe I'm overexposed. Well, I, you know, one of my challenges is, you know, I can't have 100 views and really be overexposed when there's 7.6 billion people on the planet. Most people right. have not heard the message. And so that's number one is just to like not worry about it. If it's a, is from a distributor perspective, it's telling that story it just making sure again, it's audience focused. And then, you know, I don't think I always get to choose, right? Like I, I think that's the, when, when people give me the compliment of saying, gosh, you put out more content than anybody else. Part of it is because I don't know what's good. <laughs> like I really no. don't like, and there are times where like it, that I'm inspired to create something. And so when those moments come, I just do it. Like I, I the, the, the fact of the matter is I don't always know what's going to bounce. I don't know what, so I just put it out there. People think that when you put out more content, you're going to run out of ideas. I find that that's not true. I find that it's just like a muscle that the more you flex it, the stronger it gets. When I was writing a blog every day, I, I you know, there were occasionally times that I didn't uh, have an idea, but most of the time I what you do is, and you'll appreciate this, you start to think in content. Like, oh, I absolutely, <laughs> I was about to say that. Continue though, please. Yeah, yeah, so like my wife and I were having a discussion about something the other day, and I don't even remember what it was, but she's like, why do you care about this? And I'm like, oh, I don't like personally care about it, but I'm trying to think about how I would shape it into a blog. <laughs> and, and, and I think that's the way that it, it kind of helps keep you fresh. Let me follow up with something yeah. because it's not, you know, I did send you the questions. This is not unscripted. So yeah. you did see the questions mm -hmm. before, so we can prepare a little bit. I, I don't know what you do for, you know, you create a lot more content than I could ever hope to. You really do. Um, but I, you know, like you, I think in terms of content as I go throughout my day, I think of things and I know you do the same thing. How do you keep those ideas? Now what I do, I have a parking lot. I literally have a document, a Google document where I have, and I think I've told you and the audience through the way, you know, our different vehicles, the way I write is I, I come up with the title first and then go from that. Yeah. So the one I came up with the other day, and I don't know what I'm going to do with it, it's ketchup versus catsup, right? <laughs> okay. And I don't know what, there's something there that I want to explore. I have no idea what it is, but I have like a list of probably 30 just different titles. And sometimes I've written three-fourths of a blog and go, this is going nowhere. I'm just babbling and yeah. all that. What do you do? How do you categorize all those ideas for your storytelling, for your content? So, yeah. I, and I have a similar kind of process. I Trello is a place where I'll store things. I get something, I pop it on my phone. I email myself. That's what I, I do is email yeah. myself and then put it on a document. And then I actually have a whiteboard on my office. So I'm looking at it right now with vlog ideas. But what's funny about it is I've probably got seven, eight, nine vlog ideas sitting over there and I've done none of them. What really happens is I've got those, I get them out of my head. And if it ever yep. inspires me, I do it. But then 
one day I'll be like, oh, I'm going to talk about this. It's flag yeah. day. And like, I just go do that right then. I think one of the things that people get in their own way is they're worried about like uh, perfection gets in the way of so many people. And I guess if, if I do anything right, it's that I don't let perfection get in my way. I just well, you and I, I, I push it out. Yeah, you and I definitely agree. Perfection doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, there's a space between good enough, which is not good, and perfection. There's a space right between there is where you want to live. Yeah. Um, because it allows you to be efficient, allows you to get things out there, allows you to do, yeah. right? Yeah. Perfection stifles uh, any sort of progress, in my opinion. All right, yeah. so the third question I had sent to you, mm-hmm. and the one I'm really interested in, you are so quick to compliment others. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think of Mark Graham, you always say Mark Graham is the best connector in our industry, yep. bar none. And I, I agree with you, by the way. Mm-hmm. What compliment would you hope others would say about you? <laughs> yes, you sent me these. This is the question that makes me most uncomfortable. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's funny. I think that uh, one of my favorite books is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And the second chapter is that's how it starts. It talks about fi- seeing yourself at your own funeral and what do you hope people say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have given this a little bit of thought. And I think the answer evolves. Right. Like, you know, at one point I said, you know, I want to have a legacy of leaders. I want uh, to give more than I take. I want to leave things better. And I found it. But right this minute, I think if one thing that I that I someone would say about me is that if I inspired them to try something that they might not have otherwise tried um, with the idea that, hey, it can be done, because if anybody who looks like you has done it, then you can do it. But also the idea that I think sometimes we get in our own way so much. I talk a lot about that voice that's in all of our heads. I think one of the things that is a common misperception is that people like you and me who put ourselves out there don't have that voice. Mm -hmm. We all have that voice. And I think like for me, when I understood, when it's happened at a fairly young age, when I was like, oh, everybody hears that. Okay, that freed me up because I wasn't crazy and I wasn't. It wasn't a bad thing. It was just, okay, this is just your brain trying to keep you safe. And once I understood that and could push past it, that's when I started to, I think, make strides. So if I inspire anybody to do that, then that would be a success. That, that's a great answer. And you and I agreed. I have that voice all the time. I'm not good enough. This is terrible. I stink. And, and I, you know, you know me, I can draw any business parallel to Van Halen, which I will now do so. Um, I think that Eddie Van Halen, every time he is about to walk on stage, thinks tonight's the night they figure out that I don't know what I'm doing on a guitar and I'm really a fraud. And I think we all have that voice. The importance is like you just said, to push past it, to not listen to it. Yeah. Um, what, what? Brandon, what? Bonus question? Yeah, hold oh. on. Oh, cool. Look at that, a bonus question. Wow, thanks, Brandon. All right, so I'm going to open this up right here. Wow. Who knew this was going to happen? I actually did not know this was going to happen. All right, so um, I'm throwing that away here. Bonus question. Kirby, you're a card-carrying entrepreneur. Mm. I'm giving you money to invest in a franchise right there in Coshocton. Any franchise you want. What franchise organization would you want to be part of and how would you staff it? Okay, that's so a good question. That's, that's a great bonus question. So the, I think the answer, and again, if you live in Coshocton and you're watching this, this is a fairly easy answer. Uh, Chipotle. Now, okay, the challenge, yeah, the challenge, there's not a Chipotle in Coshocton County. The challenge with it is, is those Chipotles are store owned. Uh, they, they are actually corporate owned as opposed to independently owned like a McDonald's. 
I've looked because I've heard enough <laughs> of feedback in our community that Chipotle is a thing that most people would like to see. Um, so if I had the money and the wherewithal, Chipotle would be the biggest no-brainer in the history of Earth. I think you'd be printing money with that. How would okay. you staff it? I think that's where a franchise model helps because they help you – uh, understand how to be an owner and an operator as opposed to a manager. And so I'd, I'd probably play within their rules. So if you did that, we would could add, you know, brewer, uh, marketer, salesman, family <laughs> man. We could add quick service food impresario <laughs> yeah. to your resume. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right, so- Kirby, I've asked my three questions, actually four. <laughs> yeah. Now you've got a chance to answer. Ask me a question. Cool. All right. So I've got one for you. So uh, if you were to write an autobiography or if someone would, else would write a biography about you and your life, what would the title of that book be and why? So you did provide this question <laughs> yep. through a text message yesterday. Um, and it was one I had to think about. It made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> so the title I came up with was Failing My Way to Success. Ooh, I, like um, I have been very candid about my failures and it's been very interesting to me. Um, I initially shared those failures, whether it was being fired from Halo or losing my job at Guy Brown or, you know, finding some spaces between um, Guy Brown and Brandivate where I just didn't fit and it was just horrific from a personal perspective and professional perspective. I shared that initially because it was cathartic. It just felt really good as you, you know, you always have this wonderful quote which I've stolen about social media. You're looking at someone else's highlight reel and it just felt really good to share something real Mm. um, through blogs and things like that. And what's been very interesting to me is how that's allowed other people who I really don't even know very well as I expose these raw nerves from myself, especially the failures, Mm -hmm. it's allowed people to feel that I'm very approachable and very relatable. And and I found that to be a wonderful thing. And so as I look through my career, um, especially professionally, personally too, I've been able to really use my failures and things that have happened to me, um, whether it's been, like I said, the, the professional things, the being fired, the personal things, um, all those things have helped me become whatever definition of success that I am today. And so if I was to have someone write a book about me, I think that's the title I would give them. Um, but this was, a, I'll be honest, Kirby, this was a really tough one for me to, to answer. Yeah, that's good though, buddy. I like that a lot. That's really good. And I think most people in the industry really appreciate your um, sort of authenticity in that. A lot of people are not comfortable sharing those those challenges and uh, I, I admire you for doing it, man. Well, I appreciate it. The fact is we're all bruised beings walking around and we put on these masks and these facades that everything's just perfect and, and it's not. Um, but anyway, I want to thank you for being a guest on Delivering Marketing Joy today. That's going to wrap up this episode and we'll see you next time. What's up?